0: Hey there, full live athlete pastor channel. This is Justin speaking. This is day 42 of the online Bible reading club and we're going to break into two parts today. I have so much to say on these verses and that you need to hear uh, that are going to help you to understand these, the Bible here better that we're going to break into two videos because I, I want you to be able to focus on the important stuff on both passages that we're going to read today. So we're going to look at in the first one Leviticus 11 and 12. This is part A here. Leviticus 11 and 12. So as you go to Leviticus 11 and 12, think about this. This is a brand new section in the scriptures. Uh, and, and what we see is a Leviticus uh, 1 through 10 tell us about the uh, sacrifices and and the offerings and in the institution of worship at the tabernacle, just at the foot of Sinai here. It's going to be this traveling structure, this tent, where the people are going to uh, be led by God, but they're going to offer worship to him at the tabernacle and the tent of meeting is going to be there, Moses is going to hear from the Lord, and it's going to be this special holy place. Well, the problem is the people uh, are going to live day-to-day life there, and so everything in their life is going to need to be consecrated, and that's why they have this thing in Leviticus 11 beginning here and on called the Holiness Code, and it's going to say that when you do this, that the other thing, you're going to become unholy or unclean, and you're going to need some uh, some ritual purification. You're gonna need atonement made for your sin so that you can enter into worship properly because what's happening here is you have, be, have been a slave nation. Uh, you're just like every other nation out there. You're sinners, but God's favored you. He's put his love upon you. He's chosen you before the foundation of the world. And what's happening now is you're gonna be the set-apart people. And you talk about Leviticus. This is where Bible reading plans go to die. Well, not here baby. We are gonna understand that Jesus is all over this. Leviticus has so much, uh, va- so much value for you as a believer today that you must read Leviticus 11 and 12. Leviticus 11 and 12, Leviticus 11 is about the clean and unclean animals. And you think, well that sounds boring to me. I don't wanna read about unclean and unclean animals. It's very repetitive and it's got, well I would say it's got all the, ca- all the categories of animals that you find back in Genesis one, where the, where the categories of animals were that are made, uh, and, and even on the, the fish as well, and, and you think about well, and the birds, uh, well, okay, that's cool, but uh, that's interesting. But why is this having anything to do with me? Well, what's what, you know, it is really uh, uh, something we don't practice today, uh, as far as all animals are clean or are, are now made clean. And you think about Acts ten, if you want to read about that, Peter is told explicitly that there is no distinction made between animals anymore. But why was the distinction there in the first place? That's the question. Commentaries have three three real uh, significant theories on this number one completely arbitrary no one has any answer for it uh god's picking some and not picking others it's completely arbitrary we don't know number two hygienic purposes there's some science behind it god has god was privy to science of course because he made us all so he gives us these particular animals as clean and the other ones is unclean because he knows that these are better for their health so the unclean are better for their health okay well, that doesn't seem to make sense to me because I, like, he, he does eliminate the, the clean and unclean uh, distinction later on uh, in history. So I don't think that one works. So number two and number one and two, I don't like. Number three, I like. Number three, think about the context here. We just finished the, Holy, uh, the, the, the building of the tabernacle on the first day of worship, opening day. We read about that yesterday. But look, the deal is, I think the best option is these animals that are, are listed as unclean, are listed as unclean because the people are to be a holy people god's a holy god who brought them out of egypt to be his people and he's going to be your god and therefore you're not to be mixed up with these other nations and 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 be caught up in their worship now i'm going to say that they probably that god used or, or, or list these animals is unclean because these animals were used by the nations in worship ceremonies and rituals they did to worship their gods and so God's got to have a reason he's not arbitrary he doesn't want to be mixed up with those other nations and how they worship he has a distinctive way of worshiping what's fascinating is no other nation no other historical documents show anything like these food laws only God's uh, Bible does in Leviticus Isn't that a interesting that only the only the book of Leviticus has something like this as far as I'm aware of and I think that that's something we got to look at is that God is a true God and He doesn't want these made up created gods uh, to be anywhere near Him uh, or the people to be anywhere near them because they're false. They're idols. You know what idols do? They corrupt you and they kill you and they leave you with no return on your investment. They destroy your life when you worship something that's not made to be worshiped. You worship some false thing. Now, listen to this. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get into the next one. I'm not going to make two of these. I'm just going to make one video. It's going to be long. All right, so we're five minutes in here. Check it out. We're going to go to the New Testament. Uh, well, I'm going to skip the whole childbirth thing. We'll talk about that in more detail some other time, but uh, and that's in Leviticus 12. But let's go to Matthew 26, and let's get to it. Matthew 26, 1 through 25, has three main things going on in it. Number one, it has the plot to kill Jesus, and that's going to involve the leaders, the chief priests and scribes, and it's also going to involve Judas Iscariot, who's going to come to them. And in between that, between that, uh, that story, there's an interlude there where jesus is in the in the home of simon the leper who's healed and and there's a woman that's going to come in and anoint his head and then once we get through those two stories we're going to see the institution of the lord's supper just a quick note here uh, in the in the three synoptic gospels matthew mark and luke we and you know where where the lord's supper is it's always two chapters from the end so in matthew there's 28 chapters where's the lord's supper subtract two 26. what about mark mark has 16 chapters well, where's the Lord's Supper? Subtract two, it's in Mark 14. What about Luke? Luke has 24 chapters. You go back two, and then 22. That's exactly where it is. So, so we've got the same structure in all three Gospels of, of how they lay out the material, really, and how they're how it's designed. But look at this. The institution of the Lord's Supper. We're talking about worship. We're talking about, uh, we'll, we'll deal with the Lord's Supper another time. It's a very important passage, and I want to give it true justice. But let's look at, really, the breaking of the alabaster flask and the pouring out of the uh, of the pure nard onto jesus and anointing his head and, and the people here are horrified it says it says uh that uh, disciples saw this and they were indignant why could not this perfume been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor well jesus says why are you bothering this woman she's done a beautiful thing to me the poor you will always have, but you will not always have me. When she poured the perfume on body, she did it to prepare me for burial. So I tell you, wherever the gospels preached, what this woman did will be told in memory of her. She did the right thing. She took this priceless alabaster flask and, and nard. Or don't just come around every day. This is probably her inheritance. This is probably her dowry. What she's doing here, she's like, I'm, I, I don't need a dowry. I got Jesus. I don't I don't need to get married I don't need money I'll be fine I've got Christ I'm gonna take the greatest thing I have I'm gonna dump it on Jesus head to prepare his body for burial Wow Wow and and and, and here here's the kicker this is what I really want to share with you guys is I get the sentiment uh, we need to care for poor people I have a lot of empathy and compassion and mercy for poor people but it is a tragedy that the church has been known and widely thought to be an institution that its primary mission is caring for the poor. It's not our primary mission. The church's primary mission is right here in the text. is to worship Jesus. It's not to care for the poor. The best thing we can do for the poor is to worship Jesus because you know what happens when we worship Jesus? We become like Jesus. We're getting, the, we're getting the whole stinking thing backwards if we are telling people, go out and take care of the poor. Go out and do it. You've got to do it. The best thing we can do is worship Jesus. Because you know what? The poor will get taken care of. You know, a lot of people can go out there and tell people to, to take care of the poor, and they can try to take care of the poor, and they can do a lot of good things. The church doesn't need to be doing that. It doesn't, need, it doesn't have to do that. There's a lot of people who try to do that. A lot of people think that's popular. You know what's unpopular? Christ christ who atones for sin by his death and by his resurrection no one wants to talk about that that's what the church has to has to dig in its heels and commit to its mission what are we talking about here jesus says pouring value and treasure upon the head of christ worship that is our goal that is our job that's our primary task we stick to that we're going to become like what we worship if we become like if we worship the world, we're going to become like the world, and that you don't, we don't, we don't need any more of that. If we if we worship Jesus, we're going to come like Jesus. We're going to be transformed in His image, and that's what the world needs. Friends, watch this video, listen to this, use this in your life. Use this to read the Bible. This is the this is the primary thing about the Bible. Is you're a holy people for a holy God, and you're to be worshippers of Him. Primary. And he will transform you as you worship him. All right. Let me know what questions you have. I may be doing a live stream. If I do one, I'll try to get on uh, and let you know in advance uh, and so we can catch up with what we missed on Sunday. Uh, and my apologies on that one. But hey, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you're watching this far into it, hit the like button, share it, subscribe, turn on notifications so you can keep up. And let's read the Bible together because in it we truly get to know the Lord. He's going to surprise you. He's going to infuriate you. He's going to transform you. Uh, The Lord is bigger and better than you ever can understand. He's more beautiful than you ever understand. He's more loving, merciful, and just than you ever understand. He is the Lord, and there's only one. There's only one Jesus. All right, let's let's, uh, move on from there. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.